Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so great to see all of you here. And for those of you who are joining us online, if you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Oyala, the senior pastor of this congregation. And I pray that you have felt welcomed as well as we gather together to put our voices uh, in in one sound to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, This past uh, week on Wednesday and Thursday is known as one of the busiest travel days of the year. And so maybe you were flying or uh, driving or riding to family and friends. If you did, I pray you had a great Thanksgiving. I know that I did. Now, there are times when uh, in preparing for Thanksgiving, there may have been a list that you were uh, writing things down on paper or on your mind of the things you needed to accomplish. For example, what are you going to cook? What items are going to be needed? What store is open for us to get the items? Uh, Oh my, does the car have gasoline in it? Oh, you know what? Is is there a gasoline station that's least expensive? (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) If you find one, let me know. Uh, And then, uh, is the house clean? Is there enough chairs for everybody? Is there enough parking lot? I mean, the list can go on and on. But that was just only for, for uh, Thanksgiving. But when, when we do, why do we do that? Why do we do those lists? And sometimes it's a hassle. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I forgot this or I forgot that. And, and why do we do that and go through all this? It's because we're preparing for who's coming. And so today I want to start a new sermon series that is titled The Christmas Checklist. And we want to make sure that we don't just rush into Christmas, and you're, you're already probably uh, doing some, uh, some lists, okay, I need this, I need that, so you got your own checklist. But we got to make sure that we don't rush into Christmas, that we have an opportunity that we have through Advent, the coming, the preparation for it for Christmas. And throughout this series, what I want to do is share some things about Bethlehem. And I'm going to start today. In fact, I'm going to ask you to, uh, if you have your Bibles or your devices, look up Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And as you're looking for it, I want to share with you, again, uh, one of the things I want to do is uh, share some stories of Bethlehem, and not just on Christmas Eve, but throughout this Advent season. And some of the excerpts I'm going to be using is from a book that's titled Because of Bethlehem by Max Lucado. Uh, But uh, let's start off with the uh, second Again, second uh, chapter of Luke. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 7. Now, the words will be in, in NLT version, so your Bible may be a different translation, but I pray you follow along. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, let's take a look at you know, the, what happens before Jesus' birth. The emperor orders a census. To comply with the law, uh, Joseph uh, went, must go on a long journey and while, and, and then not only was it for him, but also he took uh, Mary to whom he was engaged, and she was late in her pregnancy. 
The trip could not have been, you know, uh, have been easy for both of them, but I think especially for uh, Mary. Can you imagine the list that uh, Joseph had to do to make sure that he had everything before that long journey? Because there was no cell phones, there was no, you know, uh, other uh, modes of transportation that got from one place easier to another, and it wasn't easy to go from Nazareth to Galilee. And then when they got there, there was no room available for them to rest. And Mary gives birth to Jesus in a stable and all these events leading up to the miraculous birth uh, must have been a uh, terrible hassle. Again, the things that they had to go through. Yet, yet out of the hassle came hope. You don't have to look this up, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Out of all the trying and frustrating circumstances, God came into this world to save it from itself. He became human and lived here among us. Think about this. The king of kings and the lord of lords lived among us in a world of barnyard animals, shepherds, and swaddling clothes. He went through adolescence. He dealt with hot weather and dusty roads and temptations. He experienced hatred, anger, the, the, the injustice, and death. In Bethlehem, his face became our face in human form. You know, there was a story by Max Lucado uh, in his book, and he was mentioning about a medical missionary that was in Liberia in the early uh, 20th uh, century by the name of George uh, Harley. Uh, and, and the villagers, while he was there, they would go to the clinic for medical treatment. Uh, but they would not go to the chapel for services. Then when George's uh, youngest son passed away, uh, one of the villagers saw him uh, sobbing over his son's grave. And that old villager came uh, to others in the village, and he says, white man, white man, he cries like one of us. And so nearly every uh, villager that was there, they went as a group to go and see George and his wife. And a story that was mentioning that the following Sunday, the chapel was full to overflowing. The villagers, when they saw the missionaries' tears, everything changed. When we see the face of God in a manger, and Jesus as, as God in human form, everything changes. Please turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, or your devices. And as you're looking for it, I want to share that because Jesus experienced what we experience, and because he loves and understands us so well, we do not need to feel afraid or ashamed to go to uh, to him when we need his help. Again, it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Let's see here. I'm almost there. The Bible says this. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, 
for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What do we need most, ladies and gentlemen? We need grace. What we need uh, most of his help is in the freedom and salvation that all, from our sinful nature. Let me give you another story, but this one's more personal. One day I was traveling, I was driving, and my wife, Ani, was next to me. And as we passed the, a, a red light, you know, not a red light, we didn't, I didn't pass a red light, I just wanna make sure. <laughs> as we passed a traffic light that was green, uh, another vehicle came from the, after we passed, another vehicle came from the intersection and, and was behind us. And I saw that it was behind us, it came up close, and then he went to the left side. You know that, that, that lane, I don't know what they call them, the lane that you can actually turn left at, but in, in the yellow you know, type of thing, and, and they have little arrows that you can turn left. Uh, that's where he went, and so, so he sped up next to us, and then he got in front of us, and then he brake checked us. Well, the brake checks, you know, they, they, they put the brake on it, and it's like, what, what's going on? So I, I put the brake on as well, and, and so they're, I can tell they're messing around. Oh, they're messing around. <laughs> so I didn't do anything. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, right. It wasn't a bit, 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 bit. No, no. I kept on the for a bit. And they kept on doing the brake checks, brake checks, brake checks. And then he sped off a little bit. I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. Yeah, right. I put the high beams on him. <laughs> put the high beams on him, and it came to a point that he, he had a red light. There was a, ve a few vehicles in front of him. He had a red light, and wouldn't you know it, I had to make a left turn, so I had that little space to go make a left turn. And, and I should have just kept on going. But I drove up, and I just stopped right next to him. I put the window down, and we're just going back and forth arguing, arguing. And I, I'm happy with myself because I'm not swearing, okay? Uh, I'm being Christian. No, yeah, you know what I mean? We're just going back and forth, back and forth, and I saw the green light, you know, the little green arrow. So I, I, I take off, and it's only my lane is supposed to be taken off. And so when you know, he comes out of nowhere from his lane and just uh, uh, gets in the side area. He almost hits the, the, the side of the, of the cement, and then he kind of almost gonna lose control of the vehicle in front of us. So I, uh, I definitely put the, the brake on. And there was another vehicle that was coming in the opposite direction. And then whatever he did, he was able to gain control. You can see the vehicle in this. He gained control, I mean, and he sped off. And you know what I said? I said, ooh, I wish you would have crashed. I know. At that very moment is when deep inside of me, and you got to keep in mind, I'm a pastor while I'm doing this. <laughs> And deep inside, as soon as I said, oh, I wish you would have crashed. I was like, deep inside, I was like, you wanted somebody to get hurt? And I just felt this, not because of my wife, I, said, I just felt this embarrassment. Like, look at me. I'm supposed to know better. 
But you know what it is? It's that sinful nature. And I know nobody else goes through that, so I just want to let you know. <laughs> but that punkish behavior we all are, are, are prone to because of that sinful nature. It's what allows us to go from like, like these simple slights to stupid arguments to even worse. And you know, sin is selfish. Pleasing self, promoting self, and preserving self. It's all about self. We come by it naturally and under uh, the right circumstances, it will incite us to do the wrong things even when we know, even when we're determined to do what's right. But God became one of us to save us, all of us, from this sinful nature. I have several scripture references I'm gonna share with you. They're gonna be up on the screen. Um, You don't have to look for them, but if you're taking notes, you could write these down. The first one, Matthew chapter one, verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the English translation of the Hebrew Yeshua, which is a short version of Yehoshua, which means uh, uh, Yahweh saves. For he will save his people from their sins. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You see, we cannot save ourselves from sin or death. We can't pay for it. We're not good enough for it. But Jesus did that for us. All we need to do is ask and believe. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you, the Bible says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Being saved from our sins doesn't mean that we stop sinning. I already gave you an example. But it does mean that we become intentional to sin less and become more like Christ. Go ahead and open up your Bibles or your devices to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. 17 and 18 of chapter 3 to 2 Corinthians. See, we can live a life transformed by Christ because his spirit is in us to help us and is shaping us to be more like him. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have made, excuse me, all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Ladies and gentlemen, the Apostle Paul here is saying that when we say yes to Christ, It is when we, it's almost like when we uh, take off, the the veil is removed. 
And when it's removed, we can see and reflect his glory. We reflect his glory by being transformed by the Holy Spirit so that our image becomes more and more like Jesus' glorious image. Now, to the reverse, the analogy that I used earlier, then our face becomes his face. And as the Spirit works within us, the punk inside of us diminishes. And the Christ within us grows. So that way you understand that we will never be sinless. But we can all sin less. By the power and the freedom God gives us through Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let us pray. Dear God, in the midst of the hassles in life, we are reminded that you gave us a gift of hope, which is Christ Jesus. Let us enjoy this gift, but help us not be selfish. Give us opportunities to share this wonderful gift with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, before uh, this is the last Sunday or the Sunday uh, prior to our second congregational vote that's uh, happening this coming Friday. We'll be here in our sanctuary and uh, can't wait till all this is over because I want to continue focusing on my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I want to share with you as part of the communication this this coming Friday, 6.30, the doors will be opening around 6 o'clock, maybe a little earlier to check in and do what you have to do. And there's going to be three ballots on, on Friday night. Uh, to to pre- help you prepare for it, I'm going to be providing a live uh, webinar on Wednesday. Uh, you can go into our website, the live stream section, and then you will see us, uh, uh, Cole Seaman and I will do our third webinar that will provide as much information that will help you to prepare for Friday. Uh, if, we, if we run out of time and you have questions in the chat area, we will uh, copy and paste those questions in a document and we will answer them at least by Friday um, afternoon. So that way you are, th- those questions are answered and you are as best equipped as possible as you leave into Friday. And then, uh, so again, on, on Wednesday night, 7.30, a webinar, love for you to join us uh, there uh, uh, online. And then on uh, Friday, we'll be here, again, we, we start at 6.30, so the doors will be open uh, earlier. Child care is available, please uh, uh, register your children, so that way we know the count. And uh, as well as you can also register through our church center app uh, if you're going to be attending. It gives us an idea of how many to prepare for. And we'll also have knickknacks available for for you that evening. Uh, But it will be a great help if you can go into our church center app and let us know that you will be attending on Friday night. Uh, and then we gear up for next Sunday uh, here at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 10.30 as we continue on with this series of the Christmas checklist as we lead into Christmas. Continue to pray for the church. Continue to pray for me, the leaders, uh, the leadership council, the board of trustees. And we're doing all that we can to get as much information behind the scenes and share that with the congregation. But I also want to share with you, don't wait until Friday to, to pray. I think you should start praying today. If you haven't done so already, start praying today. And every day this week, make it it uh, intentional. At least the very first thing you wake up in the morning, other than giving thanks God for another day, is God, 
would pray for the meeting that's going to take place on Friday. All right, so uh, don't, don't wait until Friday. That's my encouragement to all of you. Until then, uh, until we see each other again, may God's love, his peace, and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. And God's people will all say, amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we close out today's uh, service with the last song.